Edmontese surname, Jarak. Rejected, or given a less than warm welcome in Turin, they settled in various agricultural localities in southern Piedmont, introducing there the technology of making silk, though without ever getting beyond, even in their most flourishing periods, the status of an extremely tiny minority. They were never much loved or much hated. Stories of unusual persecutions have not been handed down. Nevertheless, a wall of suspicion, of undefined hostility and mockery, must have kept them substantially separated from the rest of the population, even several decades after the emancipation of 1848 and the consequent flow into the cities. If what my father told me of his childhood in Bene Vagienna is true, his contemporaries, he said, on coming out of school, used to mock him without malice, greeting him with the corner of their jackets gathered in their fists to resemble a donkey's ear, and chanting, Pig's ear, donkey's ear, give them to the Jew that's ear. The allusion to the ear is arbitrary, and the gesture was originally the sacrilegious parody of the greeting that pious Jews would exchange in synagogue when called up to read the Torah, showing each other the hem of the prayer shawl whose tassels, minutely prescribed by ritual as to number, length, and form, are replete with mystical and religious significance. But by now those kids were unaware of the origin of their gesture. I remember here, in passing, that the vilification of the prayer shawl is as old as anti-Semitism. From those shawls, taken from deportees, the SS would make underwear, which then was distributed to the Jews imprisoned in the lager. As is always the case, the rejection was mutual. The minority erected a symmetrical barrier against all of Christianity, Goyim, Narelim, Gentiles, the uncircumcised, reproducing on a provincial scale and against a pacifically bucolic background the epic and biblical situation of the chosen people. This fundamental dislocation fed the good-natured wit of our uncles, Barbe, in the dialect of Piedmont, and our aunts, Magne, also in the dialect, wise, tobacco-smelling patriarchs and domestic household queens who would still proudly describe themselves as the people of Israel. As for this term, uncle, it is appropriate here to warn the reader immediately that it must be understood in a very broad sense. It is the custom among us to call any old relation uncle, even if he is a distant relation, and since all or almost all of the old persons in the community are in the long-run relations, the result is that the number of uncles is very large. And then in the case of the uncles and aunts who reach an extremely old age, a frequent event, we are a long-lived people since the time of Noah, the attribute barba, uncle, or respectively manya, 
aunt, tends gradually to merge with the name, and with the concurrence of ingenious diminutives and an unsuspected phonetic analogy between Hebrew and the Piedmontese dialect, become fixed in complex, strange-sounding appellations which are handed down unchanged from generation to generation along with the events, memories, and sayings of those who had borne them for many long years. Thus came into existence Barbaiato, Uncle Elijah, Barbazakin, Uncle Isaac, Magnaeta, Aunt Maria, Barbamoisin, Uncle Moses, about whom it is said that he had the quack pull his lower two incisors so as to hold the stem of his pipe more comfortably, Barbazmelin, Uncle Samuel, Magnavigaya, Aunt Abigail, who as a bride had entered Saluzzo mounted on a white mule coming up the ice-covered Po River from Carmagnola, Magna Forigna, Aunt Sephora from the Hebrew Tsipora, which means bird, a splendid name. Uncle Jacob must have belonged to an even remoter period. He had been to England to purchase cloth, and so...